following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Here we go with our number two on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. We're also honored to partner with Marty Poor in the Michigan Sports Network. He does a great job. Great dad. Good guy. Boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. I got to pick a nigga basket. Inside this hour. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com will look at Michigan football, what they did last Saturday, where they're at right now is Corm a Heisman candidate. I think he is. He's in the top five in my book right now. And what about the Bud Light huge question of the day? I'll be curious to hear from Chris Ballas and Doug Skeen. They co-host the Michigan football podcast that you can hear weekly at the Wolverine.com. Do you think Michigan will run the table in the regular season and go 12-0? and The Penn State second half, if not the entire game outside of a couple plays, it showed me that they can go to Ohio State and win. It was kind of like winning at Penn State last year made you think, you know what, this team can get it done, even after the Michigan State collapse. But I'm talking about a team in our Bud Light huge question of the day. Do you think Michigan will run the table regular season, go 12-0? Because if they do win at Ohio State and they, I don't know who's going to win the West. Uh, Good luck there. They should win that. And I believe with that win over Ohio State at the end, they'll be the number one seed in the college football playoff if they're 13-0. That includes winning the Big Ten Championship again. You want to answer that question? 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 Huge. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Our social network interaction is presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold, who will play all their home games inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Home game number one is Thursday night, November 10th. Get your tickets and all Ticketmaster outlets of Van Andel Arena box office. And be a part of history. Game one of the Grand Rapids Gold inside Van Andel Arena, Thursday night, November 10th. And follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go talk some Michigan football. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. How you doing, Chris? 
Hey, Bill, I'm doing great. Nice bye week, you know, and unfortunately we're not at Tullymore Golfing where we should be, but <laughs> you know what? It is what it is, brother, and we had a great couple of times up there. Love that place, and we'll get back there in the spring, you know? Well, uh, originally what Chris is talking about, we when Michigan has a break or Michigan State and the Lions, we like to do a in-season football summit. So we had made plans about a month ago to go to Tullymore, but as the weather got closer, we started to notice – High temps in the 40s, chance of snow, so we had to bag it. We talked to Matt Golden, the CEO of Tullymore last week, and now when I look this, this would have been a live outdoors broadcast on their <laughs> patio today, and we would have golfed 18 at Tullymore. I just saw the wind chill on the yeah. local NBC affiliate uh, in the Tullymore area. Canadian Lakes, about an hour north of GR, close to Big Rapids. The wind chill right now is 31 degrees. That's insane, and it's howling too, man. It's been blustery, and uh, oh. that would have been uh, that would have been St. Andrews. Uh, there's already much worse. there's already enough issues with skiing, you, Superfly, and me on a golf course together. We didn't right. need to add on wind, snow, rain, and freezing cold. <laughs> That would have been terrible, but uh, you know what? We'll wait until it warms up, man, and again, that place is just first class, and uh, those people always take such good care of us, and uh, I was bummed, you know, because it's going to be 70 degrees on Saturday, Billy. Yeah, by the way, uh, Matt Golden did tell me when uh, we had to cancel our in-season football summit that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, temperatures are supposed to be in the 70s, believe it or not, uh, in the West Michigan, Tullymore area. So Tullymore is still open for a couple of weeks. So if you want to book a tee time, hour north of GR, about 30 minutes west of Mount Pleasant, uh, check them out. Uh, go to TullymoreGolf.com, book a tee time. 70-degree weather, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Wind chill of 31 as we sit here talking today. <laughs> it's pure Michigan. Weird, but there are bye weeks for both Michigan and Michigan State this weekend. If you're going to do it, go do it now, man. Because uh, you know what? I'm, there's not a great slate of games this weekend either. That's the bummer of it. I think Ohio State, Iowa. That's mm. going to be you know what? It'll be interesting to see if right if if Ohio State can move the ball on that Iowa defense, and I think they will because they're going to have like a million chances, right? Because Iowa can't move the ball across the street. But those are the games we're going to watch. Penn State, Minnesota. That'll be kind of fun to see. Is Penn State as bad as Michigan made them look? And holy cow, Bill, I didn't. Th- I don't think any of us saw that coming. We thought they'd they'd win, but that that was complete emasculation in that game, and really showed how good Michigan, I think, can be when they are really focused, especially running the ball. One thing about Iowa, though, if they can go get a ten nothing, fourteen nothing lead and surprise Ohio State early, and they dictate the pace, that's always a squirrely place uh, when you're playing Iowa, either home or away, if they can get the lead. Yeah, about seven safeties, right? Uh, to get up fourteen to nothing, and it's weird because we hey, stop ripping Iowa. There's good people in Iowa. <laughs> I love Iowa, but when they won seven to three in the opener, and they had two safeties and a field goal. I mean, you can't make that crap up, man. That was unbelievable. So uh, they got to figure some stuff out because they got a good enough defense to be better than they are. And it feels like nobody wants to win the West right now, right? Wisconsin's the worst team in the West, if you look, and it's really not close. Well, Northwestern, I guess, is uh, the, because they pounded Northwestern, but so it's Wisconsin. Northwestern, and then everybody else is ahead of those two teams. Who would have guessed that Wisconsin would be that bad and, and have fired their coach at this point of the year? Two teams in the West have fired their coaches already, Bill. So what does that tell you about that other side of the division? Yeah, I, I, you look at the Big Ten, and um, I said this when the polls came out, and Ohio State remained at number two. 
the Notre Dame game was big at the time, and ND was five, but ND is a three and three average team that just lost to Stanford. They've lost to Marshall. Ohio State has not played anybody yet. Nope. No, they haven't, and that's the thing. Everybody said, oh, Michigan hasn't played anybody. Michigan's by, played by far the toughest team of those two teams, and that was Penn State, we think. Uh, and again, we don't know how good Penn State is. Michigan made them look terrible, and it was to the point where James Franklin was talking after that game, Bill, where he's like, we got to get bigger at positions. we got to get stronger. And, you know, he was kind of cutting into his guys, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? You've still only got one loss here. you got Ohio State coming up at home. And I remember when Penn State came in here, and got obliterated in 2016. They lost, I think, 49 to 10 or something like that. And then they went on to win the Big Ten. And, you know, it was smoke and mirrors kind of. Ohio State outplayed them at their place. But you still got a chance when you only have one loss. So, uh, again, we'll see a a little bit more about them when Minnesota goes there. But look at Minnesota and how they've faded. You know, P.J. Fleck had that thing going. Then all of a sudden, you know, we thought they were going to be a lock to win the West. And now it's like, who's going to win it? Who wants it? It doesn't look like anybody wants it. Yeah, I was I was just talking about that before I came to you, or maybe it was in the last hour when I'm looking at the West standings. Are you going to get a three loss team that ends up in the Big Ten title game? Yeah, you know what? Illinois got a chance. Right. Yeah. Now they're going to lose, though. They're going to lose to Michigan most likely, uh, and uh, but that is a, a team that uh, has surprised everybody, and they're they're built like Brett Bielema built Wisconsin. And they are tough defensively. If you look at them in the standings and where they rank in the defensive rankings and stuff like that, they're right up there in the top 10 in most categories. Their offense is getting better with Tommy DeVito there. So um, they've got an identity. They know what they are, and uh, they are built in in Brett Bielema's identity. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see if they can keep it up. But right now they look like the best team. And if you would have predicted that before the season, then you were some kind of a football savant because I certainly didn't see it coming. Yeah, you could have a two-loss team. Three might be stretching in a mm-hmm. little bit. But you'll have a more than likely a two-loss team, whether it's two Big Ten losses or two losses on the season in the title game. Question I'm asking the audience, and I do want to get back to Ohio State because after Michigan dominated number 10 Penn State, even when Herb Street jumps on the Michigan bandwagon, you know they have a good team. I don't know why Ohio State is still in front of Michigan in the polls. There is no reason. I get they have a great offense, Mm -hmm. but you haven't played anybody yet. No. And you go look at Notre Dame, like you said, they've lost. Oh, Notre Notre Dame, a Freeman – Brian Kelly, uh, new offense. Freeman knows defense, and their defense has been solid, but they offensively are lost. C.J. Carr will step in there next year as a true freshman and probably start from day one, right? Well, he's not playing well, you know. Uh, they he got isn't? shut out seven. No, they got shut out seven to nothing by Bedford. I mean, you're a five-star quarterback, and I think he dropped a hundred spots in the rankings. And I'm not ripping on the kid. Okay, he was overrated a little bit. I still think he's a good quarterback, but I think he's number one thirty-four in the country. At one point, he was a five-star. Michigan cooled on him and wanted Dante Moore, and now you're starting to see why they lost to Dexter the other night. He had an interception, a key interception, and a fumble at, uh, inside the ten when they were going in to score to tie the game so uh, he's got some work to do I don't think I'm not quite sure uh, at this point and this is not again not disparaging the kid because I love the family but I don't know that he's Notre Dame caliber and we'll see if he ends up there frankly you know because uh, he's got some work to do but uh, he's one of those kids that has all the he can make all the throws and everything else he just needs to play against better competition in my opinion to get better and uh, but we'll see where he ends up. Chris Bellis of the Wolverine.com the Michigan insider joining us on the Meyer guest line Talking Big Ten football, Michigan, and more. If you have a Michigan comment or question, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show. 
on Facebook and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word huge uh, to 21,000. Our Bud Light huge question of the day. Do you think Michigan will run the table in the regular season and finish 12-0? and uh, Chris, uh, before Penn State, I probably wouldn't have been leaning that way. I'm not guaranteeing a victory in Columbus, but based on their line play, O-line and D-line, and if they stay healthy, they have a great chance to win in Columbus because I watched a physical defense in Notre Dame, which is the bright part of that team, a 3-3 three and three team, who were number five at the time when they met in that opener. I, I watched Ohio State struggle uh, with pressure defense and physical up front, just like they did last year against Michigan at the Big House. I think the Wolverines have one of the better chances I can remember of going into Columbus and posting a W. Yeah, and they should have in 2016 and some. Uh, yeah, the officials, that's right. I forgot. Are they going to get a crow from, like, Shaker Heights, Ohio? <laughs> exactly. So that was a great opportunity, and they missed it. Uh, and they could have done some things better. They blew it flat out. They, they, you know what? They didn't get the calls, but uh, kind of like the Michigan State game last year, you still had an opportunity when everything goes against you to win that game if you do your things right. And they did too many things wrong and ended up losing games that they should not have. Uh, it doesn't happen very often in the Jim Harbaugh era, and we've seen that, but those were a couple of occasions. But I think it was Joel Klatt who said, uh, Fox analyst, who I really like, Bill, and he said this team was built to beat Ohio State. Now, he wasn't guaranteeing that they were going to beat them, but he said this team is built to beat Ohio State. We saw it last year. They bullied them. That game, unless, you know what, they had to, Ohio State had to pull some, some rabbits out of their hat offensively just to stay in that game. Some of the catches they made and throws that they made, C.J. Stroud, uh, just to stay close. Uh, Michigan bullied them on both lines of scrimmage, and that's how you win football games. And I think Ohio State's offensive line is much better. I talked to somebody close to Wisconsin's team who's got a couple kids that play for Wisconsin, and they said, you know what? Ohio State looks like they've got a chip on their shoulder. These guys, their chubby linemen came back and got in shape. They look like they're playing with more of an edge, um, but I still like Michigan's defensive line against their offensive line right now, and if they can generate some pressure, and they're starting to do it. They're on pace now for many more sacks than they had last year when they had those elite defensive ends, then I think they're going to have a chance because I think they're going to be able to run the ball on those guys, and as long as they don't turn it over, they can control the game and control the time of possession. Chris Bells of the Wolverines.com joining us on the huge show across Michigan. I did see at CBSSports.com that uh, college football midseason All-American team, Blake Corum, was a first-teamer, and he's earned it on the field. He really has 13 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, leads the nation. Uh, of course, he had five in one game against a lousy opponent, but you know what? It happens. And some of the runs that he's had in big games, Maryland, he ripped off a couple of big ones in short yardage situations where you could see his improved vision, which has gotten better each year under Mike Hart, who's an outstanding football coach, and, and so glad that he was back on the sidelines on Saturday. But you're starting to see it now, too, with sophomore Donovan Edwards. And I was of the impression that, hey, maybe this guy's a better slot receiver and maybe he's not that every down running back but now we're starting to see him find those seams and he's not perfect yet he missed a couple in the red zone against Penn State but we saw him make some cuts that I hadn't seen him make before and break some tackles and then once he gets into the secondary there's no way he's letting a safety tackle him so he's coming on too so we're starting to see this uh, this uh, this running attack really round into shape and Blake Corum uh, this is going to be his last year in a Michigan uniform I believe strongly believe based on the things that we've heard in the people that we've spoken with so enjoy them while you can and donovan edwards uh he is the quiet on the field assassin big play back 
Uh, the, the combination they're bringing to the table, the O-line, and I know we talked about this in our Telling More Football Summit before the se- season with you and Doug Skeen, and you guys do the Michigan Football Podcast together at thewolverine.com. We'll talk to Skeen in our final hour. Uh, but this O-line coming together, and the D-line just rising to new levels every game, those are the two reasons I look at this team and believe they can run the table 12-0. and yeah, Regular season table. Regular season. Yeah. And I'd pick them to win the Big Ten title game. And, by the way, if you close out your season by winning at Ohio State, who could be number one at the time, yep. uh, they're two now, they could be number one, uh, you're you're a lock if you win that Big Ten title game for being the overall number one seed in the college football playoff. I think it's pretty, yeah, pretty close. Uh, it may be Georgia, right? If Who's they, Georgia uh, beat? They beat Oregon, who's average. Right, but they're going to have to play some good teams here coming up. they got to play Tennessee, and they're probably going to have to go through Alabama. And if they go unscathed, then I think they'll probably be number one. You know how it is. Uh, you know what? The the SEC bias, which is deserved. If you look at, frankly, the last 10, 20, 30 years, you know what? There's a reason that they uh, that there is an SEC bias because they get the best, the best players and, and they've been playing the best football. And, uh, you know, the Big Ten doesn't win national championships. So at the same time, uh, Michigan would probably be a two-seed in that situation. And, uh, and, you know, depending on who's three and four, this is going to be one of those years, though, Bill, where we could have, and I say this every year, but now I'm looking at all the parity between one and ten, and it's going to be, you know what, we've got to do something different because there are going to be about three or four teams that are left out of the playoff that have a right to be there or at least have an argument for it. I strongly believe that this year. And so we're going to see that uh, that playoff expand sooner than later in my opinion and it's going to be because people are going to be squawking at the end of the season if michigan were to lose only to ohio state for example uh you know what but dominate everybody else but lose a nail biter there you know what and end up in the rose bowl that number four team i can guarantee you probably isn't going to be better than michigan so it's going to be one something to watch it'll be fun uh, and it's going to be maddening for some programs i can promise you that yeah because you do have the the games that matter because I look at the rankings. I talked about this yesterday on the show that it seems there's a group of six right now that are legit on playing for the title unless Mississippi wanted to do something crazy and beat Alabama and beat Georgia or Tennessee and get to the college football playoff. But I'm looking at this group of six. That includes Clemson, but they haven't played anybody. Oh, they got Notre Dame. That's three and three team that's lost to Marshall in Stanford at home, both games at right. home, uh, that you're, you're going to have Tennessee at Georgia, which is a game where that loser probably is eliminated. I really believe that from the college football playoff. If Georgia would lose and they wouldn't get a chance at Alabama or, God forbid, an undefeated Lane Kiffin and Old Miss, <laughs> who's number seven in the country right now. I mean, yes, we got to be, be honest about that. And... So it's it's Michigan Ohio State. It's the Penn State game against Ohio State. It's Alabama uh, finishing off their schedule, including Mississippi. Uh, it's Tennessee Georgia. I mean, these are the games that I believe will dictate, including your conference title games, but the regular season games that kind of paved the path for the college football Final Four. 
They are, and and I think it's too early to say anybody's out of it with one loss because we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. I remember, God, 2003, I think it was, and Michigan had had to have like seven things go right for them to be, you know, ranked close to the top four or something like that, and and like six of them did. And it's like uh, teams were beating teams that they shouldn't, and that's what makes college football so fun. But that's why we need a 12-team playoff, in my opinion, because that makes it even more fun, right? When uh, you've got when you've got legitimate teams that, you know, when number eight can legitimately beat number one or, you know, number two or something like that, uh, then I think, you know what, then you, there's definitely a case for expansion. So, and I think we're going to see that. But uh, that's what bugs me about this year is thinking about it, you know, because I, 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 I still wouldn't pick Michigan to win at Ohio State. I think they can. I don't think there's any question they can, and I think it'll be a great game. But uh, I think Ohio State's got so much riding on that one that uh, they're going to be tough to beat down there. But you know what, if you've got that kind of a team and uh, and you don't get an, an opportunity to play for a championship when you're one of the best four teams in the country, that would suck. So, but we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of football to be played, and you know what? We're, we're kind of talking. We're kind of taking it for granted, right? That Michigan's going to beat Michigan State, and that they're going to beat Illinois, and and they certainly should. We looking at the FPIs on ESPN and the the percentage chances to win. They're over ninety percent, I think, for just about everybody left on the on the schedule. But uh, but you still got to take care of business. We've seen strange things happen in that Michigan Michigan State series in the last five years alone. There are things that I never thought I'd see. The last seven years, I never thought I'd see in a football field that I've seen in those games. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one on October 29th as well. That will be a night game a week from Saturday night at the Big House. Spartans at the Wolverines, and the one thing that's going for the Spartans are coming off a win over Wisconsin, and all the pressure is on Michigan to beat Michigan State a week from Saturday. It is, and I, but I think they've been pointing to this one. This is the first year that I can remember that Jim Harbaugh and his players have openly talked about Michigan State in the offseason and in the preseason where they said, look, we haven't beaten Ohio State and Michigan State in the same season, and that's one of our goals this year. And uh, they understand that they missed an opportunity last year. There were some funny things that happened in that game, but again, still sort of won it and uh, and did not. And they understand that uh, they've got to rise to that level of, uh, you know, it's that a buddy of mine calls it 100 years of hate right in these rivalries and you love that and I love that because you can feel it like when they take the field you can just tell them the fan bases don't like each other and the teams don't like each other and and sometimes that plays into the effort and and what you see on the field Michigan's got to match that and they haven't matched that against Michigan State at times I don't think that's going to be a problem this year and just talking to some of these offensive linemen before in the bye week Carson Barnhart for example you could just see by the looks on their faces They've been circling this one, and there aren't going to be any excuses this time. They're going to have to come out and take care of business. I shared a story from the Wolverine.com where Harbaugh's quote from yesterday was, we're going to practice four times during the bye week for Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of the time, you said now there are exceptions when the young guys get out there and they get to play, and and some of the guys that haven't played yet will get a chance in some of these practices. The young guys, the freshmen, but uh, normally they start preparing for that after the bye week, and this is what they call an improvement week. But they are they've implemented some things and they're getting ready for that. And uh, I can guarantee you they've had some analysts, extra analyst work on the Michigan State film this year. They got a good receiver in Jaden Reed. I think we're going to see the similar offense to what we saw in 2015 when Aaron Burbridge, you know, there were a lot of jump balls to him and it worked. Uh, I think he had 150 yards receiving. I think he went head-to-head with Jordan Lewis, if I'm not mistaken, and and got the better of him half the time, and it was enough to move the chain. So I think you're going to see a lot of that because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. 
And uh, we know that Peyton Thorne has been inconsistent, to say the least. But that deep ball we saw against Wisconsin, and again, this isn't your typical Wisconsin team, but you've got a playmaker out there who is going to really battle and give D.J. Turner, Michigan's outstanding corner, uh, he's going to make him work. So I think that's what you're going to see, and I think that's what they're going to have to prepare for in this game. Is there a hashtag, Harb is coming? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the, hard, the hashtag Tuck Cummins gone now too. At least at this point, yeah. It's I think amazing. Deep Water and Woodshed uh, is uh, <laughs> off the table as well. But there, you know, he's two and zero, oh, and and that's uh, and I think what I'm hearing from Harbaugh's presser, from your story on him, from you today, Chris, that Harbaugh's a competitor, and you know they took care of Ohio State last year, uh, but the Michigan State game finally has reached the level that they're going to talk about it because all these coaches just looked the other way and it was always Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. And here's Mel Tucker 2-0 with $95 million. And Harbaugh, the contract issues he's gone through, oh, he wants to beat Mel Tucker a week from Saturday night. Really yeah, does. without question. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? They'll say, they'll go back to 20 and 20 and say, well, we had four guys now in the NFL. That it was Rocky Lombardi got national QB of the week and then had to transfer to Northern Illinois. <laughs> and and came in and laid an egg. And and you know what? It was, it's one of, but that's what happens in this game, right? The guy was outstanding. Remember Ricky White, I think the receiver's name was? I don't think he'd ever had another game where he had multiple <laughs> catches. And he had like 150 or 180 yards receiving in that game. So uh, that's the way, you know what? If they take their shots and like last year fourth and two or fourth and two at midfield and that game's over if they don't convert they throw a 50 yard pass that has to be perfect and it has to be a perfect play over michigan's best defender dax hill and uh, and they convert Jeez. so uh, you, you know what it happens that's it's weird things happen in this game and uh you know we had to get the call last year that overturned the touchdown that never should have been and uh you know what it happens so again you've got to erase all doubt in this game when you're th- that much better of a team like michigan is this year and michigan was last year let's be honest even though michigan, uh, michigan state won 11 and 2 michigan was probably the better football team judging by the end of the year um, you still, when you're this much better, you've got to take care of business and eliminate all doubt. And I think that's what they plan on doing this year. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us on the Meyer guest sign. He's going to stick around for another segment. Chris, uh, we'll get to this yes, team and, and what they need to improve on during this bye week. What are their weaknesses that Mel Tucker and Mich- even Michigan State could exploit? And as we go down the schedule, uh, we'll go game by game leading up to the game in Columbus to close out the season. So stick around, okay, Chris? You bet. All right, Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com joining us on the Meyer Guest Side. Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. If you have a Michigan football question, uh, you can drop those at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this. 
winning big at Soaring Eagle. And hunting for bucks is your chance to win premium play. $15,000 cash and a 2023 Polaris Ranger. Drawings are every Saturday in October, 7 to 11 p.m. And on October 29th, one winner drives off in a new Polaris Ranger with a $5,000 Cabela's gift card. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Rock and country music's hardest hitters join forces. Yeah. Five-finger death punch. Franklin Gilbert. With special guest Corey Marks. November 9th, Van Andel Arena. On sale now with Ticketmaster.com. Five Finger Death Punch's new album, Afterlife, out now. Five Finger Death Punch and Brantley Gilbert, live. Huge here for the Tullymore Golf Resort. Now they're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. And before the snow flies, there's still time to get a round of golf in at Tullymore. Go to TullymoreGolf.com, book a tee time, a stay and play package, keep an eye on the weather forecast. They still have great golf remaining this fall before the snow flies. And they have event space and lodging. A wedding, a reception, a business get-together. Even during the winter, you can book an event or a wedding or a reception inside the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. If you want more info, go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. And if you want to get around a golf in before the weather changes and the snow sets in, Go to TullymoreGolf.com. Book that tea time at TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. Do you want to thank Jim Boltman and his team at the Railside Golf Club in Byron Center, just south of GR in the west side of the state? Private golf club, but their restaurant and pavilion for weddings, receptions, or both. Business events, celebrations is open for public rental and the restaurant is open to the public south of GR and Byron Center. We'll be out there Monday for our annual Huge Rivalry Cup. Michigan and Michigan State fans, Ryder Cup-like format, three nine-hole matches. Most points wins. And Daryl Descrange from Mizuno Golf is providing four wedges that will be closest to the pin prizes on four par threes. Jim Boltima has a great team uh, there in Byron Center. And the weather's supposed to be like 70 degrees, if not warmer. We've had weather, seriously, it's been 29 degrees in sleep. But we always play it. It's awesome. We have selected all the teams you've been contacted. If you did win one of the twosomes, Chili Dogs, Chili, 
And we're going to look out with what we have today for weather to next Monday should be beautiful. At the Railside Golf Club in Byron Center, remember their restaurant is open to the public for lunch and dinner, and the pavilion is available for rentals for businesses, celebrations, events, weddings, and or receptions. Let's go back and talk to Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider standing by on the Meyer guest line. So, Chris, when you look at the schedule, out of the obvious one at Ohio State, what game concerns you the most that could be a trap game for Michigan? Illinois. And that's the game before Ohio State. And they are a physical team. And if you look at the way they defend the run, uh, defend the pass, really their defense overall. So it's interesting. You know, we were talking about the West West champion might have three losses. Well, Illinois did lose to Indiana somehow in the opener. So they've come a long way, and they're continuing to build. Uh, and I haven't looked at the rest of their schedule yet to see who they still have to play. But um, that's a team that... You know, Indiana in the past has been one of those teams that has been physical with Michigan right before the Ohio State game, and you're like, wow, uh, didn't expect that. And uh, maybe you kind of overlooked them a little bit, and can't do that with this team. These guys are going to bring it, and Brett Bielema is a good football coach. You got you got Paul Christ fired at Wisconsin, right, going in there and bludgeoning them 34 to 10 on their on their own turf. So that would be the one. Uh, I don't see. I don't see Michigan State uh, hanging with them. Again, I think they might score a, a couple touchdowns, but uh, they can't run the ball. This is not a team that is that is really built to beat a team like Michigan, and I don't think they're going to be able to stop Michigan, Michigan's run. I think they're 80th in the country right now, so and then 112th or 120th, if I'm not mistaken, in, in pass efficiency defense. So that's a game that if you took the the green and white off of it and said, okay, uh, which are the which is the worst of the four teams that Michigan has remaining, then you'd say Michigan State might be that one. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Nebraska's no good either. So And it is an easier schedule this year, right, Bill? But you look at last year's was one of the tougher ones. I think this has been it's been fair, you know, to come back with one of the easier schedules, and, and it happens. It's just one of those years. Only two remaining road games are at Rutgers after Michigan State, and at the Buckeyes on November 26th close out uh, the season. Michigan State, a 7.30 night game on ABC at the Big House, then at Rutgers, Nebraska, and Illinois back-to-back weeks. Squirrely teams, uh, Illinois is physical. I remember watching that Indiana game. Uh, they, they, they play kind of Iowa-type football, and it's Brett Bielema's signature football, and you're right. Uh, a week before Ohio State, it will be interesting uh, how that plays out. But that's a schedule. Michigan State at home at Rutgers, Nebraska at home, Illinois at home, and at Ohio State. And what's good is that, you know, if, if you're Illinois, you're back in the polls. You're at number 18, I think, when I see the number. And if they keep winning, you could really get two ranked wins uh, to close out the season, and I'm looking at their finish for Illinois. Uh-huh. You know, if if you go down the list and you see Michigan State on November 5th, so that's a week after the Michigan game, Purdue at Michigan at Northwestern. That's not an easy finish for no. Illinois. It isn't. No, Purdue. Uh, you know, where's that Michigan State game? They it's a, it's in East Lansing. Away? So uh, the yeah, week sure. after... You know, it could be a hangover game the week after Michigan, Michigan State, which is a, 
a week from Saturday night. Yeah, and I think Illinois will be favored in that game. And uh, But I think Michigan State's starting to get a little bit healthier, too, and getting a few of their guys back. So uh, this isn't a good football team, and I don't. I think even Michigan State fans would acknowledge that, but they're going to be a little bit better if they're healthier. So, uh, But, yeah, and, and Purdue, you know what? Purdue is, is capable of beating just about anybody in the, in the West. They should have beaten Penn State in the opener, if we're being honest. So uh, a lot of football to be played. This, that's why November football is the best football, you know, and, and you can count October 29th and that too this is when it really starts to get interesting and this is when championships are won so a lot of teams with a lot of games remaining and uh, we'll keep an eye on the West too whoever comes out of that division is the sacrificial lamb right for either Michigan or Ohio State but uh, they still want to win that division and it'll still be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Purdue, that winner of that Illinois-Purdue game, probably wins the West. That's my guess. Very very possible, and I don't know who Purdue's got left either. You know, that's the thing. So uh, you have to go down and analyze schedules and say, okay, uh, it could be, Bill. It could be that you have a couple of teams in that division that have three losses tied at the top, and there's a tiebreaker that, that uh, determines it. It's, it's just a weird division. There's no question. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do when USC, UCLA, and some of the other Pac-10 teams come over how they divide the divisions or what they do to make it more balanced because right now, let's be honest, it's a joke. I'm looking at Purdue's finishing schedule. They're at Wisconsin on Saturday. Then they get a bye week and they host Iowa. Then they're at Illinois on November 12th. (laughs) Northwestern at home and at Indiana. That's Purdue's finish. Yeah, and none of those, I mean, except for Northwestern probably, are right. games. They look like coin, yeah. coin flip games, right? Yeah, it's weird. So uh, that's what that's what I love about Big Ten football, though, and, and uh, again, about November football. So, But Michigan arguably has the easiest schedule remaining <clears throat> of, of all the Big Ten teams heading into Ohio State. And I know Ohio State doesn't have a, a daunting schedule either, but they do have to go to Penn State. And Penn State generally plays them tough. They're almost always plays them tough in Happy Valley. That's a flawed football team, but that is a team that if they can stop the run, that secondary of theirs is really good. J.J. McCarthy only threw for 145 yards on them because he didn't have to throw, let's be honest. He only threw 24 times, and most of them were underneath the or, you know, beneath the sticks there, but uh, that is, uh, that's been an interesting place. Even when Ohio State has outplayed them there, they've lost at times, so we'll keep an eye on that one, too. Chris Bowles from the Wolverine.com. Uh, Cade McNamara, just completely off the radar. I know he was hurt. Uh, I know there were some uh, tweets out there that he's unhappy and going to leave at mid-semester. What are you hearing in regards to Cade? No, that's garbage. You know what? This guy is a captain. Uh, he's going to come back. In fact, his dad got on there and he said this is a bunch of crap. You know, now if the tweet was about him transferring at the end of the year, then I agree with that. And what, what reason would he have to stay? He's going to have his degree. He's going to want to play. J.J. McCarthy is your quarterback. Kate McNamara had every opportunity, Bill, early in the season, especially the way that he played in the fall. He had a great camp for the most part, but then he started feeling the pressure at the end of it and came into that first game, and he looked like it, didn't he? He looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, and, and, he, and he missed his opportunity. So... 
But at the same time, I think he'll be back for the Michigan State game, and they can use him as a backup. If something, God forbid, were to happen to J.J. McCarthy, you're going to need a backup who's played, and this is a championship-level quarterback. I don't care. You've got a segment of this Michigan fan base that doesn't appreciate what he did here uh, as you know, not only bringing some guys here. Mike Sainristle, for example, Michigan's starting nickel, who was a receiver before this year, he said Cade McNamara came and told him during the recruiting process that we are going to win a title. It's our class that's going to do it. And that's exactly what happened. And Cade McNamara was a big part of that. So getting him back in a backup role rather than having a guy like Davis Warren or Alan Bowman, who hasn't played in years, being your backup, I think would be huge. So it will be good to have him back. I think he'll be back and suited up against Michigan State. Chris Ballas from Wolverine.com, the Michigan insider joining us. A word manual uh, behind the scenes when you look at the athletic director, when you look at everything they've been through, the hardball, back and forth, contracts, staying or going, uh, a lot of silence from the AD's office. The Michigan hockey thing uh, was kind of uh, played out in the media. How much longer do you think Ward Manuel is in it at Michigan? Um, you know what? That's a great question because I think there was a study done that Michigan's behind in NIL, and I don't think that would surprise anybody, right? There's no excuse to have the, like the 24th or 25th ranked recruiting class in the country given the year that they had last year. Given how they develop offensive linemen, given how they're dominating, wouldn't you think that offensive linemen and running backs would be lining up to come here? Well, the reason they're not is because they're getting outbid for them at this point, or they don't have a plan in place with their NIL, whether it be the players in on the team now or the recruits, something that they can point to and say, this is what you're going to get. They're losing recruits to schools that they shouldn't be losing recruits to. So they've got a new president now that's not going to stand for that. And he's saying, hey, you know, what is our plan? What are we going to do? It's going to be up to Ward Manuel and the rest of the administration. I don't just put it on Ward Manuel because it's not all about one guy. But uh, they need to be better, and that's an area in which they need to improve, and they know it. So I think a lot is going to depend on what happens over this next year and what is implemented here to make sure that Michigan's on par with these other programs. They're getting out-recruited by, I think, even Michigan State right now in this in this cycle, and that just shouldn't be happening, especially the way these two programs are, are trending. So we'll see, uh, but there's going to be uh, there's going to be accountability. I have no question about that. And speaking to people who know Santa Ono, the new president, and what he did at Cincinnati, and what how much he cares about athletics, that there's going to be accountability, and that includes everybody, including Ward. And sometimes when you get a new president at any level, uh, he wants his guys in there, especially in AD, to be his selection and right-hand guys. We'll see how it plays out. Michigan football, though, is rolling right now, number three and four in the polls. By week in Michigan State, a week from Saturday night. You can follow everything. University of Michigan Athletics at TheWolverine.com. Chris, wonderful conversation. We'll talk soon. You bet, Billy. Thank you, buddy. All right, Chris Ballas joining us on the Meyer Guest on and Meyer proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Opt in to the huge text chain. Text HUGE to 21000. Basketball fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first basket score or prop bet on any NBA game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Just log on to your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then, wager on any player to score the first basket in any NBA game. If your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 
$25 back in free bets. Turn game time into showtime with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. This is a new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Get more for your money at Meyer. Get in the spirit with 20% off Halloween outdoor decor and Halloween costumes for the family from $9.99 to $44.99. And even if you dream of candy, don't forget pantry staples. Buy five, save $5 on Swanson broth or stock and craft shredded or chunk cheese. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money and get more in one place. Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for the Grand Rapids Gold. They're the Denver Nuggets G League team coached by former NBA All-Star Andre Miller. And they'll be playing their home games in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. And the Gold's home opener in GR will be Thursday night, November 10th. If you need tickets, quick link, follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Twitter, Facebook, or just Google Grand Rapids Gold. Their home opener is on Thursday night, November 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live, wrapping up another hour. Remember, 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. 